What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. A third recall petition has been filed against Benton Harbor Area Schools Board of Education Trustee Trenton Bowens. The Berrien County Clerk's Office tells us it was filed by Benton Harbor resident Sherry Shilhazi, the same person who filed the first recall petition against Bowens. She sought to have Bowens recalled in April for voting against a boiler replacement at Benton Harbor High School. That recall attempt was rejected by the Berrien County Election Commission. So was the second attempt, which was nearly identical, although filed by a different petitioner. This time around, the petition says Bowens should be recalled because he, quote, maliciously lied about the petitioner and his public comments to the Election Commission Board on April 25, 2023. The clerk's office says the Berrien County Election Commission will hold a clarity hearing on the language on June 12th at the Berrien County Courthouse. 43 Michigan counties, including Berrien, will have to pay back some of the proceeds from foreclosure sales to the former owners of those properties under a settlement in a class action lawsuit. It was filed over how such revenues should be used and whether property owners who were foreclosed should be compensated by the county when their parcels are sold for more than what was owed on them. Former Berrien County Treasurer Brett Witkowski tells us Berrien County always kept money from foreclosure sales in a separate fund, the foreclosure fund, to be used for blight removal. However, when some other counties started using foreclosure proceeds for other purposes, he sensed there would be trouble. In early 2010s, there was a push from the Michigan Association of Counties that this money should not just sit in a segregated fund to be used for improvements or blight, whatever a county wanted to do, that after two years, it should just go into a general fund. And when that started, I warned counties that this is going to open up Pandora's box and a lot of problems are going to come up. Witkowski says when other counties started putting those dollars into their general funds, that created an argument for giving the money to the foreclosed owners. As a result of the lawsuit, counties since 2020 have not been able to keep all the revenue from foreclosure sales, and therefore, the days of a robust foreclosure fund in Berrien County are over. Current Treasurer Shelley Wyke told us it's definitely affected operations. How much Berrien County will have to pay as a result of the settlement won't be known until the late summer. Michigan Works is planning an information session about how to get started with a career in the healthcare field for this month. It says Barry and Cass and Van Buren counties now have more than 900 fewer healthcare workers than they did prior to the pandemic. That's while the need continues to grow. The current projections call for continued growth of 6% or nearly 600 jobs through 2032. Michigan Works is teaming up with Corwell Health and Lake Michigan College for the event on June 13th from noon to 2 p.m. at its office in Benton Harbor. Topics of discussion will include apprenticeships and careers at Corwell Health, how to transition to healthcare, and the education and training needed. Registration is required to attend. We'll have a link to the registration page at our website. Berrien County has sold property at 21 North Elm Street in Three Oaks to the village of Three Oaks. The sale was made official this week. 
Three Oaks Village manager Dan Faulkner tells us the Village Hall is located at that property. The Village has been operating here about eight years. Coexisted with the community health department, and the health department left during COVID. Faulkner says since the health department left, the county has not used the property, so it's been sold to the Village for one dollar. We do appreciate it. This is an asset for the Village. We're currently, everyone knows that we're here, and it was just a win-win for not only the county, but for us as well. Faulkner says the building was originally a bank, and then converted into offices for the county years ago. Before the transfer this week, the county had a long-term lease with the village for use of the property. Dwajak's Music in the Park is returning for 12 weeks of live entertainment and food trucks this summer, starting Thursday, June 8th, at the Dwajak Library Event Pavilion. Organizer Zena Burns tells us they've added two weeks to this year's schedule based on popular demand from the community. They aim to please with a mix of new and returning vendors and musicians. We have a great food vendor lineup this year. Uh, Sammy Arepa, Nola Rue, the Baker's Rhapsody, and Oak and Ash, which are local favorites. Uh, lots and lots of new food and returning favorites. And same with the lineup. Uh, about half the artists are returning favorites from past years, and about half the lineup is new this year. The series opens up, as always, with the SMC Brass Band, while new additions range from the original Celtic folk of On the Lash to the Caribbean Soul Experience. The series will close out August 24th with the funk-driven jam band Covington Groove, the show is run every Thursday with food trucks opening at 6.15 p.m. and the show is starting at 7.30. Congressman Tim Wahlberg met with prospective students at the nation's military academies in Dwajak this week. His office says the Dwajak Military Service Academy open house was Thursday night with representatives from West Point, the U.S. Coast Guard, Merchant Marine Academy, U.S. Naval Academy, U.S. Air Force Academy, and the Army ROTC on hand. Students and parents came from schools across Cass and uh, Berrien counties and had the opportunity to speak with each representative as well as Wahlberg as they consider their options going into senior year. The application window is now open. Wahlberg says he values, quote, the opportunity to connect students and their parents with representatives from the service academies so they can best be informed about what's the right fit for them. And the annual Three Oaks Flag Day celebration will be next weekend. Flag Day Parade Coordinator Diane Thomas tells us this is the largest Flag Day celebration in the country. Flag Day is a, a national holiday, and it's our 71st year of celebrating it here in Three Oaks. We host the nation's largest Flag Day Parade to honor our veterans, our American flag, and just celebrate patriotism. The 71st Three Oaks Flag Day Parade will be held on Sunday, June 11th at 3 p.m. with the route starting on Buckeye Street. It'll move south on Elm and turn west on Linden Street, ending at the American Legion. Thomas says it'll feature a flyover by a World War II-era plane. Events surrounding Flag Day will take place Friday through Sunday. They'll include a 5K, a pet parade, a Quilts of Valor presentation, pancake breakfast, the Flag Day market, music in the park, and fireworks at 1030 on Saturday. You can find the schedule at threeoaksflagday.com. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden will deliver remarks from the Oval Office tonight on the debt limit deal that he negotiated with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy that was passed by Congress this week. The White House hasn't said when President Biden will sign the deal, but Monday is the default deadline set by the Treasury Secretary. 
ABC's Elizabeth Schulze has more. This is a rare primetime address from the president. Often we don't hear from him during these hours. And, and, and tonight he's speaking from the Oval Office. The Oval Office is a place where former presidents have made speeches about war, about domestic crises. So this really does, the setting and the time, really does speak to just how seriously the White House took this threat of a first ever U.S. debt default. Meanwhile, one major credit rating agency is not upgrading its rating of the U.S. More if maybe sees Karen Travers. Fitch, a major credit rating agency, says the U.S. is still at risk of a credit rating downgrade. Fitch on Friday said it's maintaining a negative watch on its top-notch AAA rating of the U.S. because of repeated brinksmanship over the debt ceiling. In 2011, S&P downgraded the U.S. even after a debt limit deal was signed due to the political drama. A credit rating downgrade would signal it is riskier to borrow from the U.S. government. Fitch says it will give an update on its rating after July 1st. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The nation's employers stepped up their hiring in May, adding a robust 339,000 jobs, well above expectations and evidence of enduring strength in an economy that the Federal Reserve is desperately trying to cool. Today's report from the government reflected the job market's resilience after more than a year of rapid interest rate increases by the Fed. Many industries, from construction to restaurants to health care, are still adding jobs to keep up with consumer demand and restore their workforces to pre-pandemic levels. Yet there were some mixed messages in the figures, which also showed unemployment rose to 3.7 percent from a decade, a five-decade low of 3.4 percent in April. Two passenger trains have derailed in India, killing at least 50 people and trapping hundreds of others inside more than a dozen damaged rail cars. Authorities say about 400 people were taken to hospitals after today's crash, which happened in eastern India, about 220 kilometers southwest of Kolkata. The cause was under investigation. The railroad ministry said uh, 10 to 12 coaches of one train derailed and debris from some of the mangled coaches fell on a nearby track. The debris was hit by another passenger train coming from the opposite direction. Up to three coaches on the second train also derailed. The Justice Department announced this week it will not pursue criminal charges against former Vice President Mike Pence following an investigation into classified documents found at his Indiana home. The Department of Justice still working through similar cases with President Biden and former President Trump. ABC's Catherine Falders has more. The core difference is that Biden and Pence, that we know at least, they proactively notify DOJ. In the case of Trump, uh, DOJ found these documents were missing, tried to get them back from the former president, and Trump refused to return them. And there's still some questions about whether Trump still is holding on to some classified documents. A building under construction near the Yale School of Medicine in New Haven partially collapsed during a concrete pour, injuring eight construction workers, including two critically. Officials said there were no fatalities in today's collapse. Officials say firefighters pulled six people from the building, including three who were partially buried and two others made it out on their own. Fire Chief John Alston Jr. said the injuries include broken bones. Officials say a portion of the second floor collapsed through the first floor and into the basement. Workers told officials the concrete was being poured faster than they could spread it, and it pooled too much and caused the collapse. Federal officials are investigating. The first named storm of the Atlantic hurricane season is formed. More from ABC's Brian Clark. Tropical storm Arlene formed in the Gulf of Mexico about 265 miles west of Fort Myers, Florida. 
The storm is heading south towards Cuba, but could fall apart before it reaches land. There are no watches or warnings posted for Cuba or Florida. Those areas were impacted by some of last year's 14 named storms, especially Hurricanes Ian and Nicole. Forecasters say this hurricane season, which officially began Thursday, should be near normal. That means anywhere from 12 to 17 named storms. Brian Clark, ABC News. A federal judge overseeing the First Amendment lawsuit that Walt Disney Parks filed against Governor Ron DeSantis and others is disqualifying himself, but not because of bias claims made by the Florida governor. Chief U.S. District Judge Mark Walker said in a court filing Thursday it was because a relative owns 30 shares of Disney stock. Walker described the person as a third-degree relative, which typically means a cousin, great-aunt, or great-uncle, or a great-niece or great-nephew. Disney filed the First Amendment lawsuit against the Florida governor and a DeSantis-appointed board in federal court in Tallahassee after they took over Disney World's governing board. And a new Spider-Man tops the new stuff to watch this weekend. More from ABC's Jason Nathanson. Miles Morales is back. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. The highly anticipated sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, will top the box office this weekend, five years after the Oscar-winning original hit theaters, tracking as it opening to 80 to 90 million in North America, and it's getting glowing reviews so far. The Boogeyman, based on Stephen King's short story, also hitting theaters this weekend, and on the small screen. Ready to block out all the noise. The Idol is music star of the weekend's darkly comic music industry satire, Sunday night on HBO. Jason Athens and ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.